guilty soul condemned by shame hear mercy calling out your name his blood can cleanse your every stain bring your failures to the cross hello and welcome to the community bible church podcast where we are doing a chapter by chapter weekly discussion of the book gentle and lowly the heart of christ for sinners and sufferers by dean ortland for those of you who don't know my name is matt owen i'm the lead pastor at community bible church of orange park and I am joined by Joseph Brader, who's the pastor of worship and discipleship here at CBC. Joseph, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Is Good. it? Uh, is, what do you? What do you typically do? Do you just sit in your office and strum the guitar um, during the week? What exactly do you have to do to prepare for Sundays? Yeah, mostly mostly that and uh, and some naps. That really, that really and, seems uh, like things, a great yeah. deal. It's a it's a good gig. I, it's a good game. <laughs> I, w- I would love to sit in my office and just kind of strum chords Something like, yeah. and things. Once in a while, the keyboard, too. Oh, okay. Plunk so that, some chords and melodies out. Okay, so there um, is some work. There's a, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, they think it's the hour on Sunday morning. It's really probably two or three. Okay. Okay. Well, that's triple what people think. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> Why am I so mean to you? I, I've been trying to figure this out for five years now. Because I'm mean to you in real life, but I don't usually bring that into church. But here we are doing a podcast, <laughs> but here we are. and I am being mean to you. And as a segue well, to that, <laughs> what were you going to say? Don't we, we, we want to model real, honest conversations That's people. So that's right. These are what our real conversations we are, are like. We are hoping your conversations are, are a little bit kinder, <laughs> because we are going to be talk, talking about the heart of Jesus in action <laughs> today. <laughs> Speaking of a segue, the heart of Jesus uh, in action uh, from chapter two from the book, and I've just got a couple things that I want to uh, want us to talk about. Um, the first is this quote that he has from Richard Sibbs on page twenty-seven. Um, Richard Sibbs says, "When Christ saw the people in misery, his bowels yearned within him. The works of grace." And mercy in Christ, they come from his bowels first. That's a, a strange way of putting it. Uh, that is not how we would put it now, but why does Sibs use that language? Yeah, I mean, um, he's at the time that he's writing, saying bowels meant like the innermost parts of you. Like this mm-hmm. flows out of the core of who you are. Um, so he's saying this grace and mercy, mercy and compassion is like rooted so deeply in Jesus that it just kind of overflows out of him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He talks about this uh, word for compassion uh, in this chapter and uh, the, the Greek word for compassion that's used to express Christ's heart at really in several places in the New Testament is a word that actually has a, a root that means, you know, basically guts entrails and uh, I think the Bible is capturing here for us that 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 Jesus feels for us in his own body we, we know that that's ultimately true on the cross uh, but we often 
we often have a bodily reaction towards towards things. I, I've told you the story before, but there was this uh, time when I was a kid and I was driving in the car with my dad and we were, I don't remember where we were going, but if, if this has been a long time ago, but if my memory serves me correctly, uh, the car in front of us hit a dog and um, it was, we, we were traveling at a pretty high rate of speed, uh, but it was just awful. And I didn't just have an emotional response to that. I didn't just, I didn't just have a mental response to that. Like I saw this and it was awful or I, I saw, but I, I heard the dog and, and not only did I have like an emotional response to it, but I had a physical response to it. Like my stomach was, was churning and we have bodily responses to things all the time. Like when we're stressed, yeah, what do we feel? in our in our in our bodies yeah like our heart races our fingers tingle our stomach twists up in a knot our head hurts something yeah yeah we get we get knots in our in our shoulders and in our back our 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 muscles knot up and there is this connection between our 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 spirit and our body and um what richard sibbs i think is is reflecting is what we see in the new testament that uh, we have a an incarnate Jesus. He he takes on human flesh, and everything that it means to to be human, uh, even down to feeling in his body, uh, the the sorrows when he's moved with compassion. It's not it's not an intellectual exercise for him. Right, right, yeah. Uh, it's it's something that he that that he feels deeply in every part of his being. And it's still going on. Yeah. He's not on the earth, Mm. right? Like, I think, for me at least, in my experience, I inadvertently, I don't think I ever actively decided to do this or was told to do this, but I think I um, don't really conceive of Jesus physically Mm. now, right? Or not in the same way. I don't think Jesus' body still feels things now. Yeah. Like it would have when he was here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's absolutely true. We... We we know that Jesus remains incarnate. He mm-hmm. he resurrects in a glorified body. He shows his scars to his disciples. He descends bodily into into heaven. Um, that's that's a great point. So we're we're talking about the fact that that Jesus feels feels compassion, and one of the things that is said in this chapter is that our sorrows bring jesus sorrow so just react to that statement like how does that make you feel to know that christ are that our your sorrows bring him sorrow i think there's a couple different emotions um in me one is if i'm honest like a little bit of doubt Mm. over that yeah um it, it surprises me and uh, it, it almost feels, I, I don't know, I almost feel a little bit skeptical, I think. Mm. Um, like it's a little too good to be true or really does he, is he that in tune with me to feel what I'm feeling? But then on the other side of that, because I know that is true and I believe that to be true when I hear that, um, I feel like intense relief and comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because how how comforting is it to have someone who's going to empathize with you and feel with you and walk with you when you're hurting or when you're struggling, when you're beaten down? Um, and that's not just anyone. This is the creator of the universe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's greatly reassuring to know that because when we think about ourselves, if we know that there is something difficult going on in some other area of the world mm-hmm. or there's a particular people group somewhere in the world who is experiencing distress of some kind well then we we feel there's a sense in which we feel compassion for them but we don't feel compassion for them as individuals mm-hmm. uh, we feel compassion for them as a group and I think I think maybe I kind of project that onto Christ sometimes that he feels compassion on us as a whole, mm-hmm. but that he doesn't necessarily feel compassion or sorrow towards my specific situation. And and part of that's just, yeah. you know, you think about the capacities that we have. You know, we don't, we barely have the capacities to know about the suffering of all people groups throughout the world, much less individuals. Yeah. Uh, we we were quickly overwhelmed, I think, even by considering the suffering that's going on and, you know, that various people are, discuss- are, are experiencing. So mm-hmm. somehow Christ has the capacity to individually feel a compassion and a sorrow for each of each of his people. I mean, that's almost impossible for us to comprehend, yeah, I think. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that uh, the, the book says on page 29, it says, it is impossible for the affectionate heart of Christ to be over-celebrated, made too much of, or exaggerated. It cannot be plumbed. Is that true or not? And, and why is that important for us to recognize? Yeah, I think it is true. Um, I think you see that throughout Scripture, um, like Ephesians chapter 3 will talk about the um, the depth and the height and the length and breadth of the love of Christ. Mm. So I think that's consistent with Scripture. Um, it's, it's consistent. I mean, we can't overemphasize or over-celebrate something if it reveals to us the heart of God, mm. right? So if this is truly... The heart of who he is, and I firmly believe that that's true. That's the way that Scripture, from cover to cover, describes him. It's the way that he reveals himself. Um, even in the Old Testament, um, when Moses asks God to show him His glory, he says, uh, "He says, I'm going to show you myself." And he says that he's the Lord, the Lord, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Mm. That's carried all the way through the Old Testament by the people of God, and then we get to the New Testament, and here's Jesus in Matthew 11 describing His heart. Um, in the same way. So I think it's consistent with Scripture that like, the, this is the, the heart of God for his people. And if that's true, then there's no way we can overemphasize mm. it. Yeah. I think of, I, I think of, a, of, of a father with his children and somebody telling that father, you know, love, love your children, have a heart for your children, but be careful. Yeah. Don't be too affectionate. Don't, don't, uh, don't make sure it's not exaggerated. Because you know what will your children do if they realize how loved they are? Yeah, 
Uh, yeah. Our, you know, our, our, the problem with our kids is not that, that they're too loved, is that they, they doubt. Mm-hmm. They doubt our love. Yeah. And so it is, it's not going to be detrimental to us to, to, to have the heart of Christ for us exaggerated. In fact, knowing the heart of Christ is going to cause us to flourish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you said, you know, plumbing the depth and length and breadth and height of the love of God in Christ. I mean, there's, we could, we could spend a lifetime and we'll spend an eternity trying to understand it and grow deeper into it. So how could it be made too much of celebrated or exaggerated? It's, it's, that that's not possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I hope that sparks some conversations for you all this week. Uh, hopefully you will find different ways to interact. I know that there are families who are reading this together as a family and discussing it over the dinner table. Um, I hope that maybe you can reach out to somebody else and maybe have lunch or dinner with them and discuss this as we uh, think more about the the the, the uh, heart of Christ in action. I'll finish today just by reading Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty again for you. Jesus says, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart." And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Find your comfort, come you lost and find your home. There is grace for every sinner, perfect rest in Christ alone.